Good morning, church. I didn't expect it to be so loud. It's so nice to see you guys here, and I'm, I'm glad that we all, I hope that we all had a really good Thanksgiving. We did with my family and my kids, and uh, um, I'm happy to be at church today when the sun is shining. What else could we ask for? So for announcements, I wanted to invite Brian Curley to come up and talk about the Thanksgiving toy drive. Good morning, happy Sabbath, church family. Just wanted to give a quick reminder that today's our last day that we're collecting um, toys for the Mockingbird Group, which is a foster family support. And uh, all the toys collected will be going to foster kids in the North Seattle area. We have a bin in the back if you brought toys today. And if you did not bring toys and you still like to contribute, you can. We will, they will accept cash as well. Um, you can put those into the envelope and just mark on there that it's for the Mockingbird Toy Drive. So once again, uh, thanks for those who've already um, contributed and we appreciate everybody's efforts for this toy drive. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. <clears throat> so I also want to mention that there's a December potluck date change. Um, so the last potluck of 2023 will be moving to December 2. Everyone is welcome to join us for a vegetarian potluck in the Fellowship Hall. And then, um, you all know we've been talking about the block party that we're going to be having. I just wanted to remind everybody that this is supposed to be on December 9th. We're still looking for, for volunteers, so if you'd like to help, please contact Terry Smith uh, and sign up with her. We would really, really love your help. And talking about help, tomorrow is our Thanksgiving dinner for the homeless. If you feel so inclined, we might need your help. I'm so happy that a lot of people have signed up, but um, it's always good to have people, especially this one month when they're asking us to serve inside and we're using real plates and not paper plates. And now I invite the church to get up, greet each other, and share the love. As winter days dim and bow to early darkness, you, God of light, set watch in the night sky and beckon the wise to follow. 
when hope hangs low in the human heart, you, loving creator, kindle compassion, breathing life into the early embers of chains and empathy. We light a candle for hope, sending prayers high into the inky heavens and deep into the human soul. As Advent dawns, God of hope, shine your light on the story of the saints who journeys before us. May the seeds they planted in the world, peace, joy, love, take hold in our hearts and stretch towards the light. We light a candle for hope. May it light the way. Bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for joy and peace and faith and love. We thank you that we can be here today and we ask for your presence in our, heart, in our hearts and that we would be able to take that hope and spread it to the world. 
that heaven's hope would be on earth. In your name we pray, amen. The offering this week is for the Washington Youth um, Sunset Lake. Um, as we prepare to give, I hope that all of you had a happy Thanksgiving and that you, are, you can feel it in your heart to give back to the community and to the Washington Youth. May the deacons please rise. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for all the things you give us. For those we take for granted, we are sorry. We hope that we pray that you will take this money and use it to further your kingdom in this world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, children. It's so nice to see you this morning. The story I have for you today happened to me personally. When I was, I think I was 16 or 17, I went on a mission trip, and we went to the Dominican Republic. Do you guys know where the Dominican Republic is? It's in the Caribbean. It's a little south of here, a lot south of here, actually. I'm in Washington now. It's a lot south of here. <laughs> but it's in the Caribbean Ocean, and it's on the island of Hispaniola, and half of it's the Dominican Republic, and half of it's Haiti. And when we went there, we flew there on an airplane, and then we took a bus up into the mountains, because there's mountains on the Dominican, too. And while we were there in the mountains, we were in a small village, and we helped build a church, and we did vacation Bible school, and we had a really fun time. We were so blessed. We met lots of people. We did um, lots of things with the community. We went to worship services with them. 
Now, all of the fun doesn't mean that it wasn't different than here. So we stayed in some pretty um, primitive places. They didn't have running water, and they didn't have electricity all the time either. They would turn off the electricity at certain times because they didn't have enough to have it on all the time. So sometimes we would go to the place we were staying and we would have electricity, and sometimes we wouldn't. Also, something I wasn't used to, maybe it's different other places, we had to check our bed for geckos. Do you guys know what geckos are? <laughs> the little lizards? Yeah, so we would have to check our bed before we got in bed because there could be little geckos running around in our beds. I did not like that. But, so we were there for a couple of weeks and most of the time we were in the mountain in the village building the church. But towards the end of our trip, our last few days, all of us, we were all high school age, they took us to an Adventist camp there in the Dominican Republic. And this Adventist camp was on a cliff that overlooked the Caribbean Ocean. It was gorgeous. We were so excited to get there. Even though it wasn't super nice, it felt like we were staying in a five-star resort compared to where we had just been. We were all really excited. We were going to stay in the cabins at the camp. We were going to go swimming in the ocean. And the first day, we did all those things. It was amazing. Then at night, there was no power, again, because, you know, they turn it off. But we were getting ready for bed, and we said, well, we should take a shower. And so we went in to take a shower, and one of my friends started screaming, screaming, screaming. And we all ran in there and we were shining our lights and wrapped around the shower head was the biggest snake I had ever seen. We all went screaming, running out of the cabin. Everyone else wondered what was going on. The staff at the camp came running out. They wanted to know what was going on. And what scared me was when the camp staff went in and saw it, they were scared too. Apparently, it's not something they see very often, which was not comforting. And one of the camp staff took, took a machete in there. It's a really big knife. I didn't go back in. I don't know what happened in there. But needless to say, none of us felt comfortable sleeping in the cabin that night. The cabin, we were really excited to stay in because it was so nice and the beds were comfy and we had running water and showers in our rooms. And so we were all pretty disappointed. But outside the camp, there were picnic benches, or outside of the cabins, there were picnic benches all along the main pavilion area. And they were just out open to the elements. Now, a thing I didn't tell you about this camp is there's also chickens and cows. They weren't in pens or fences of any kind. They were just kind of roaming around. And so we weighed our options, the other girls and I did, and we decided to take our blankets and go sleep on the picnic benches because we were too scared to sleep at the cabin where we thought there were more snakes. So we were all pretty disappointed. But the amazing thing that happened that night is as we were laying down to go to sleep on our picnic tables, we looked up and we saw more shooting stars than we had ever seen in our lives. Because it was the Leonid, I think, meteor shower 
that there were so many shooting stars, just hundreds that night, and we all stayed awake watching them, and I, because there was no power anywhere around, it was all shut off for the whole area. We could see so far into the sky, we could see the Milky Way, we could see all these bright shooting stars, and it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And I just, I thought about that and how God wants to turn our disappointments into appointments. For me, the disappointment was sleeping, not being able to sleep in the comfy cabin. But God had an appointment for us with the stars that night. So the next time you are disappointed, it's okay to feel disappointed. It really is. But just know that God isn't going to leave you in your disappointment. You can take your blue buckets now. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning with happiness and joy, knowing that you're always there with, with us. And as we get ready to enter into this Advent period season, we pray that you will hold our hands step by step. You will remind us that we can do nothing without you, but that with you everything is possible. We think about those people who've lost their loved ones right now. We think about Kelly and her daughter, who lost her daughter, Kylene. We think about the people in Israel and in the Gaza, and we think about those within our own community that are not feeling well. I mention them to you, Lord, that you may pass your peace to them and give them that healing that can only come from you. We bring to you Dorothy, Russell, the Chedela Waters, Barry, Ann Jensen, Judy Loving, Erlin Loving, Eileen Montero, Ntege Nasser, Galen Salisbury, Donna, and Ken Van Fossen. We pray, Lord, that you pour upon us the spirit of love and compassion, and that you will shape us and mold us so that we can be agents of your kingdom in the days to come. We pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen.
The Old Testament reading is from Psalm chapter 62, verses 5 to 6. It reads, Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. The New Testament reading is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 19. That's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the Master Jesus and your outpouring of love to all the followers of Jesus, I couldn't help think but thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I think of you and give thanks. But I do more than thank, I ask. Ask the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. May the Lord bless the hearing of the word. Advent, the beginning of an event, the invention of something, or the arrival of a person. This Sabbath, we start the Advent series. My generation and younger would call this a canon event, 
A canon event is defined as the inevitable event or action, good or bad, that is supposed to happen. It results in your future self, and this even adds to the development of a person's life. For example, when Peter Parker became Spider-Man, and he decided to use his powers to do justice. That is the canon event, or advent event, in his life. It was the beginning. Advent is a special time of year, and even though it feels like we are coming to the end of things, it is only the beginning. New beginnings give us a flutter in our stomach. They bring us hope and peace and joy and love. But hope is what we will discover today. Hope is arguably what makes the world go round. Without hope, we would cease to have meaning or purpose in our life. Hope, it's the wanting of something to happen. And faith is the trust in someone or something. Hope and faith are closely related. You can have hope without faith, but you cannot have faith without hope. And hope is so much more of everything when you have faith. We have hope in our day-to-day -day life, and here's a little bit of what hope sounds like without faith. It sounds like we hope for a higher paying position. We hope for sunshine or rain. We hope for the inflation to stop inflating. We hope for our children to grow and our family to stay in good health. But when we bring faith into hope, it becomes prayer. We pray that God leads us to make the right decision about the job. We pray for good health, we pray for blessings, and we pray that we would be able to keep up with the economy. Hope is like a dream, and that's why we grow up with so many of them. When we're really small, we dream about being able to communicate with the adults in our lives with words like they're saying. And when we grow older, we dream about being the president or an astronaut or a mermaid. And then you get to be a teenager and you dream about becoming a nurse or a barista or a mermaid. We all hope and we all dream. Sometimes unrealistic, sometimes beyond the imagination. My mother tells me of a time in third grade where we had a coloring assignment and I decided to color God's hair pink. My teacher didn't like that very much, but it was really creative. It was beyond the imagination. Now, I'm not the most creative brain thinker, and I wish I was more creative and imaginative, like my third grade self. But it seems like, maybe as we get older, that we stop dreaming there is less hope and less imagination. You've seen the world for what it is, what it holds, and what it can bring, and you shrug your shoulders. Hope, by our definition, though, is very different than hope by the biblical definition. Hope for us is that feeling of desire and expectation. Hope is a wish, a dream, an aspiration. 
In the Hebrew definition, the word hope means to wait. And those two feel pretty different. One has excitement, and the other makes me think of standing in line at the DMV with a grumpy face. There are a lot of people, though, in the Bible who had hope, both in the sense to wait and with a dream. Job, despite losing everything he had, having unsupportive friends, still had hope through his pain and suffering. Joseph sold into slavery, but still believes the plan that God has for him. He never loses hope, and we know that Joseph's story ends really well. Daniel is thrown into jail with his friends and follows what God asks of him, even though in most cases would end in death. And when facing death in the lion's den, Daniel's hope remains. Both Sarah and Hannah were without children, but they held on to hope and were both given the promise of God, children. Hopeful people in the Bible often recognize that there is no evidence that things will get better, but they choose hope anyway. I think one of the biggest examples of hope, though, is Jesus' parents. Mary had to hope or wait for this little boy growing in her stomach. She hoped that she would make a good mother. She hoped that she was fulfilling the prophecy of the world, whatever that meant. And Joseph had to hope that Mary was telling the truth. He had to hope that things would turn out okay. He had to hope that he didn't just imagine that angel talking to him. He had to choose hope that he would be a good father to the savior of the world. They both had to choose hope for every scenario. This was unheard of. It was the most unthinkable situation and reality to face, birthing and raising Christ's son. But they both chose hope anyway. We are coming out of Thanksgiving, and gratitude is on the mind. And sometimes we feel that we don't have a lot to be thankful for. Just the same as you might feel that there's nothing to dream of and nothing to hope of. But we have to choose gratitude anyway. Because gratitude fosters humility. It acknowledges that we receive blessings not by our efforts, but by the divine providence and intervention of God. I like how Pastor Tim says it. He says that gratitude is a biblical virtue that changes us by fostering humility, strengthening relationships, promoting contentment, enhancing resilience, and transforming our perspective. In this way, gratitude and hope are related. Hope is something I've been thinking about a lot lately, particularly in relation to our church, because they say, and I'm sure you've seen, that the church is shrinking. We have a lack of young people, a lack of pastors, a lack of understanding, depending on who you talk to, and people are trying to find the answers. 
And they're asking lots of really good questions. They're asking, why are people leaving the church? Why do young people not want to become pastors? And lots of people have offered their answers. Just recently at the NAD year-end meetings, the delegates discussed some of these questions, and here are a few of the answers they were offered. Low wages, high education expense, the stance of women's ordination and LGBTQ issues. Young adults do not like organizations that are oppressive to vulnerable people. Perhaps my favorite answer given was another question, and it was, is it that we have too few pastors or too many dying churches? And I've heard all these before, and I'm sure you've heard a lot of them too. My peers and my colleagues, they agree. They say that the church is dying and that there's no room to openness or change. And they debate whether leaving the church is the answer or not and leaving the ministry because of these issues. And some days are more tough than others. We have articles that come out that don't make us look so great. They say we don't do enough to support the crisis abroad or to support the crisis locally. And while a lot of those things probably and might be true and should not be dismissed, we should be talking about this stuff and supporting each other. But I'm not sure that there is any one answer to those questions other than perhaps a lack of hope. At the end of the day, hope is what keeps me here. Hope is what gives me the courage to stand up here and talk to you about hope. Hope gives me the strength to stay in church. Hope is not some blind optimism. Hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised. Gratitude, on the other hand, anchors us in the now, in the present. It helps us to see the beauty and the goodness that we had previously hoped for. And together, they create a beautiful dynamic duo that allows us to navigate the complexities of life with resilience and grace. That is what I hope for. I want to reflect those people in the Bible that we talked about earlier, even though there is little to no evidence that things will get better, choose hope anyway. I want to stand at the feet of hope giants like Joseph and Daniel and Hannah, that no matter how tough things may be, we hope for better. We hope for the promise that God has guaranteed Paul says to us in 1 Corinthians, and now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. Love is the thing that sustains our hope. Last night, I was listening to a song that was very fitting. It sings, Jesus, we love you, oh, how we love you. The hopeless have found their hope, and the orphans now have a home. All that was lost now has found its place in you. God is at work in every circumstance, weaving in love, grace, and mercy. 
giving us hope for a future, for good. Knowing the plans that God has for us, we can hold gratitude and hope close. I want to read our New Testament scripture reading again because it has such a beautiful prayer that you just can't get enough of. The last half of it reads, But I do more than think. I ask, ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing God personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is that God is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of the glorious way of life God has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of God's work in you who trust God. Endless energy and boundless strength. I really challenge you, as you have taken this Thanksgiving week and reflected on what you are thankful for, that you contemplate what do you dream for? What are you putting your faith in? And what are you putting your hope in? with me. Dear God of hope, we pray that you would put hope in our hearts. We pray that you would let us know what we should dream of, what we should hope for, and how we should put faith in those things. Be with us as we go from here today. In your name we pray, amen.